Well, howdy. This is Eric reporting in from the West Coast in Eugene, Oregon, for another Waste Books Appendix episode. This is 004. These are uh, mini episodes that we're doing in and around our normal book club podcast, Waste Books, kind of featuring some one-on-one conversations between us and uh, some of our friends and other artsy individuals in our communities. So this has been a really cool addition to our uh, normal routine. But uh, anyways, on this episode, me and my bud from out here in Eugene, Chris Sakuris, who's originally a West Virginia native, he's a transplant like I am out here in Eugene. Uh, this episode featured us sitting down over some drinks and reminiscing about our uh, Julia Louise Dryfest experience, which is uh, uh, our festival, arts and poetry and uh, music and comedy festival that we do in downtown Billings at Montana every year. And then we're going on our seventh year. So last year for Dry Fest 6, Chris and I decided to take a little road trip from Eugene back to Billings. And um, we wanted to sit down and you know reminisce about that and how that inspired us to want to be more creative in our own personal lives. And uh, we kind of started playing live music together with you know electric guitars, acoustics. And that's just been like a really fun hobby of ours that has happened since us going to this festival. So. You know, I thought this was a perfect opportunity. Also with uh, submissions being open now for DryFest 7. So everybody, you know, be on the lookout to submit. If you know anybody, any musicians, comedians, poets, uh, craftspeople, looking to be a part of this cool Montana DIY festival. Our submissions are open until March 1st at waste-division.org. So everyone should definitely check that out and check out all the other cool art that we have on our art collective website, Waste Division. Um, So yeah, so this conversation was a real fun one. I uh, hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Wastelands. Waste. 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 Books! (laughs) Appendix. All right, recording. So, I guess we'll start this out with uh, a shot. The shot. We've already been drinking tonight, so, you know, might as well continue. With that. salt. I had salt as my hair. So, was it uh, tequila, (laughs) lime, then salt? No, let me show you. (laughs) Okay, so it's uh, snort the salt, then uh, butt chug the tequila. And squirt the lime in your eye. Exactly. Okay, good. Here we go. Oh. Alrighty. That is some of uh, the Jose Cuervo. Oh, it's traditional from uh, the resort that we got in Mexico on New Year's Eve. Yeah. They gave it out free. For New Year's Eve, just to every room, came knocked and gave us some beeswax things too. Beeswax and yeah, it was like Mexican beeswax, like soaps and other things. Well, that's actually not bad, Cuervo. Surprise! No, honestly, that was better than the stuff we were drinking earlier. Yeah, that was not like, bad at all. That was pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah, I could drink the rest. Of that that uh, New Year's Eve, which we spent. Watching home renovation shows all night on the only English channel on the Mexican, uh, on their television networks. Yeah. It was, it was H&H, like home, or 
I can't remember what it stood for, but it was basically a bunch of home renovation shows, cooking shows, uh, like baby shows, marriage shows. It was just a bunch of like the uh, HGTV stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so we watched this show called Property Brothers all night because they're on a marathon. Which always... I mean, it's a pretty good show. Maybe you should watch it sometime. Anyways, <laughs> we drank zero tequila that night. Alexa was sick all night. Yeah. But uh, now we can break into it. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, I'm always down for, uh, you know, alcohol. Yeah, right? Uh, well, uh, Chris. Hello. So we're sitting down uh, for a Waste Books appendix and uh, talking about, uh, we kind of wanted to sit and reminisce about our uh, trip to Dry Fest last summer. Yeah, the five-day experience, uh-huh. six-day experience of... Uh, Traveling to Montana, uh-huh. seeing fucking awesome bands, returning with a fucking drum set. Yes, that's right. Oh, man. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Julia Louise Dreyfest happens every summer, first weekend, second weekend in August, uh, in beautiful downtown Billings, Montana. And uh, it's a great time. Uh, it's a lot of music, poetry jam, comedy night. We kind of had like a little mix of everything, some visual art. And so uh, Chris and I decided to take the trip because we live in Eugene, Oregon full time out to back to my homelands of Montana to go visit uh, friends, fam and go hang out at the fest. Yeah, it was fun. I'm glad I'm glad we took that trip. Yeah, it was awesome. That was uh, yeah, that was a good trip. And I, I always like traveling and exploring and right. just going to new The places. sense of, like, experiencing new adventure and new, like, cultures and, like... Yeah. yeah. Especially over a, something like a, a music festival that you were involved with. Totally. And especially our... Because of our similar music tastes and everything. And yeah. Music yeah. interests and the fact that we, I don't know, we play music together totally. sometimes, Eric. Yeah. Chris and I, uh, we, uh, we met through work at, uh, MRH, we'll call it. Yeah. A uh, place. Yeah. It's a, it's a good workplace. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have some good, good times there. But anyways, we met there. We had very similar music tastes. One being, like, one main being Queens of the Stone Age. We've really connected over them a lot, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, getting to see them in Eugene. Yeah. At the Holt Center, which was so magical. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that was such a great show. That was uh, probably one of my top, like, three, two or three oh, favorite concerts. Easily. Have, sure. Seeing Eagles of Death Metal open and Josh Homme play drums. Yeah. Oh, man, that... Like, we were, like, joking about that beforehand. Actually, it actually might be a year to the date. Are we close? Are I, we that I, close? I actually think midnight no. might be a year to the date. It is January. I, it was pretty... But I'm not nerding out and yeah. saying that I know the exact date. Oh, man. Yeah. That was close. a great show. It's close. But it's right around this time. Anyways, yeah, we connect over a lot of our music and, like, yeah. hanging out. And football and sports and stuff was a big thing, too. And, uh... So, you know, we became friends and, like, played a bunch of music together, and that's why I decided, I was like, hey, would you want to come to this little festival that me and my website throw? Yeah, and I I obviously was into it, and I was a, 
decision that wasn't hard to make. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> at all. Right? It was more just like I just got to wiggle the work time off, which wasn't hard. We figured and, it out. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we figured it out, and uh, and we made it happen. And we listened to audiobooks all the way back to fucking oh, Billings, yes, Montana. That drive. So it was a sixteen-hour drive from Eugene to Billings. And we stopped in the midway point at Missoula. In Missoula, on the way there and on the way back. And on the way back, yeah, because there's no way you can make that drive in one day. No. I mean, I, I fall asleep easy, you know that. Yeah. I fall asleep at, like, 9 o'clock to a movie. Yeah. Like, I can't drive 16 hours straight. I will say, Eric, <laughs> I hate your city driving, but... Okay. You are a supreme highway driver. Thank you. I supreme, appreciate that. Supreme, elite level For highway driver. For anyone listening driving. right now, that is completely true. I, I I'm a supreme will, highway driver. I will I will say that till the end of okay, time. Okay, what's your critique about how about city driving? You take the dumbest routes in town. I don't <laughs> fucking understand it. You drive around. You I'm change. not used to these big cities. You you've lived here for three years, Eric. <laughs> you lived here for three years. Figure out a fucking route, bud. Driving right. down 8th, there's like nine stop signs on 8th. It's no, terrible. No, from your house to, from on 8th back to Chambers is the most efficient route. And I will fight you on it. That is a lie. I will fight you on it. It is 11th or 6th is the most most efficient route. Well, you know, most of our listeners are probably in Montana, so it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, They'll yeah. never know, and I'm right. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But anyways, we took whatever. this trip. Yeah, so we took this trip back. And, uh, because I also, I love showing people in my home state. I mean, yeah. I moved away for sure. And I don't know if I'll ever move back because I love the Pacific Northwest. But I do appreciate so much that I grew up in that state. And, uh, and just the fact of, like, taking other people in general to your own, like, homelands and getting to, like, show them stuff. Like, it'd be the same if you were to take me back to West Virginia. Which I hope to at some you, point. Which I hope to go as well. Yeah. Because that'd be a hell of a time. Yeah. <laughs> Alexa West- might not see me back alive. No, no, no. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be fine, Eric. Don't worry. Yeah, but so that was a, that was awesome getting to take you through Montana. The same drive that I used to take for, in college for all the way across the state. Yeah. Just seeing like the expansive beauty of Montana. It's gorgeous. All the cows. I just. I mean, I hung outside your window and just took pictures the whole time and just, like... Uh-huh. That's, just you were great. literally hanging outside the window with my camera, yeah. like, trying to get the... Per- and you got some great shots. Like. I, yeah, I got some decent pictures. I did take probably, like, 200 pictures and got, like, oh, totally. seven really with good pictures. With your phone, yeah. with my, pic- my, my phone. Yeah. I mean, not my phone, with my camera and, like... Yeah. yeah. That was great. Yeah, so, like, oh, man, the worst part definitely, though, was that heat. Like, once we hit eastern Washington after we got af- out of Oregon. Yeah. Oh, man. That was rough. It was... It was, it was like, like, close to 110. And I remember, in like, near Kennewick and, like... It didn't matter. We were in your car, though. Well, I know, but still, like, getting out to, like, get gas or, like, get food. It, it was, like, a minute. <laughs> it, it wasn't until we were in Billings. Worst minute of my life. It wasn't until we were in Billings that I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, we got to stand around and it's, like, 103. This is fucking awful. But <laughs> it was, it was, it's weather. It's fucking, yeah. everyone's got to deal with it. Totally. So. Well, yeah. 
Missoula was nice the first day we were there, though. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Missoula's, like, near Idaho, so it's much more, like, Pacific Northwest geographically than it would be Midwest, like Billings is, which is well, close it, to North Dakota. It's sat at the... It sits at the foot of all those passes and stuff, right? Totally. Where, where there's that huge change. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the pass into Idaho is called Lookout Pass. Yeah, so that's that right. big, That big steep pass we took through the mountains, which is one of my favorite drives. I remember taking that in snowy passes a yeah. couple times. I remember we went out to Seattle one time and back, and oh man, that pass was treacherous. During in the snow, going down some of those really steep hills. Yeah. Oh boy. But anyways, I digress. Uh, so yeah, we took the trip across Montana. Got to see a bunch of great sights. Yeah. Um, we got to Billings for Dry Fest, like the day of Dry Fest. Yeah. And uh, I remember going like greeting my family real quick, and then we like just went like right over. To Phil's house. Yeah, started doing Phil some... Griffin, who's another uh, Waste Division editor and uh, organizer of DryFest, kind of the daddy of DryFest at this point. The daddy of DryFest. Oh, he'd like that I use that. Don't worry. Yeah. He'll listen to yeah. this and be like, yeah, that's about right. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. Your old dad. Yeah. Yeah. So we went and we were like put right to work. It was... It was I have been to DryFest before, so it's my history with DryFest. And I have met Phil before, because Phil has come to Eugene touring with his Bull band. Market, yeah. yeah, touring with Bull Market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was actually my second time meeting Phil, totally. too. So I guess, uh, like, a little history of DryFest. Like, uh, Austin Finn, who's one of our old friends um, from high school, who lives in Brooklyn, New York, with his band Idaho Green now, um, long time ago, or I guess it's been seven years now ago when we were all back, like, near high school and college age. Like, they started this little festival in town called Richard Dry Fest, which has since become the last couple of years Julia Louise Dry Fest, and it was, like, always kind of a local punk and rock and metal, like, uh, festival, like, that we would get, that they would get, uh, venues around town to kind of sponsor for a couple days uh, to host, like, the bands that we got to... Or they got to play, and I wasn't part of it yet. But I remember going a couple times. Like, there's this place in Billings, this uh, this park called South Park. It was probably Richard Dry Fest 4 uh, at this little, like, uh, convention center or a little uh, event center that they have at the park. So it's just this tiny little space that's kind of has, like, a half, half-size basketball gym. Like, it's, like... like yeah. It's like a, they have two hoops, but it's not really a full length court. It's definitely for, you know, like young kids. Yeah. And so we would set half of that up as like the stage and like, a, uh, what's it called? Uh, audience area. Yeah. And, uh, I keep saying we, but I wasn't part of it at this point. But anyways, uh, and I remember going to that and it just being so like ragtag and local and, uh, like so much fun because there's a lot of people that we knew from the the whole scene in Billings and Montana and college and from being in high school and and then uh, after we started Waste Division the our art collective website we kind of were like and once Austin and his brother Jordan moved to New York we were like you know what we might as well you know use Waste Division as a device to promote DryFest. And kind yeah. of, like, we're already doing it, and we're already part of it, and so 
Phil stayed in Billings and kind of took the torch to kind of keep that going. And so then since then, we've, uh, in the last couple of years, have changed to Julia Louise Dreyfus for uh, Richard Dreyfus, the actor who the, the festival was originally named after, uh, had some allegations against him. So we thought it was appropriate to change it to Julia Louise Dreyfus, which uh, is just as good, if not better. And uh, we have had a great response over the last couple of years, like yeah. since adding it to Waste Division. Like our social media outreach and like the ability to get information to people about the festival has just like increased so much. I know what I saw. I know what I saw over those two days. Totally. And it was, it was unlike most things I've ever seen. Like at at least 700. That's I, I have gone through, I have tried to process like how many people probably came through. And I think it's like six to 800. Between all everything, the poetry jam, the comedy. I I seriously think low ball is like 500 and like high is like a thousand. Totally. I honestly think that's what like, you had people buying wristbands, which is really smart because it's it's slightly more the, more of an investment, but it got you into multiple venues, exactly. which was so smart. And like, but it does. It's like it's someone like, oh, if I'm going to be in Billings today, if I'm going to be down here today, why wouldn't I do this? I'll go check out these couple totally. places, and it really encourages or people who live there who have like Billings, like. Uh, from my experience, like for a lot for the younger population, there, there, there. I feel like there's limited opportunities to do stuff. Yeah. For like artistically, that isn't like uh, you have to be 21 plus for. Yeah. Because drinking is a big thing in Montana. Like drinking culture is a huge thing. And, yeah. And uh, and so there's a lot of drinking age activities, but I feel like for like a lot of like middle school to early college, you know, there's a, it lacks a lot. And that's just my personal experience, like going through college there. And I think like what we've kind of done is create an all ages event for like one weekend in August. People they'll have like an, an excuse to go out to downtown Billings and go see music and poetry and comedy and like have an. Ex- Excuse to go engage with the community. An array of the arts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's kind of blossomed into a great little thing. And, like, the first year that we did it on Waste Division, I didn't get to go back. I had to... I didn't have enough time off, and so I had to stay here, and I did all this work on the website, posting all the interviews and everything. And and I was so glad that I got to go and see how it turned out this year and then take someone with me who had never really got the insider scoop on Montana to, like, see this awesome little, like, uh, community event that happens. Yeah. From the inside's perspective, because, like, I mean, you know, a lot of these people I know from, like, just years of growing up in that state, so... Yeah. It was it was definitely a fun perspective to see, and it was definitely one that I... I didn't expect. I always appreciate live music. I really do always appreciate live music. Dry Dry Fest really renewed that appreciation for me. Mm -hmm. But um, I I really am going to start gushing about love. Please. I mean, this is what this uh, episode is for. That was like the... When I remember... Going outside, I was like, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. 
Was this at uh, Smiling Dog Records? Yeah, at Smiling Dog. Uh, Downtown Billings. Yeah, they were awesome. Uh, but I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go smoke. And you told me, the next band's up. They're just a two-piece. It's a drummer and a cello. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, oh, okay. The, and, yes, uh, my favorite act at Drive Fest. Yeah. One of my favorite. There, there was two that I think. Well, we can get into it. And I but, honestly, they're one of my favorite bands now. To be honest, like they're like hands down one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Uh, I I walk outside, smoke, take a couple pictures, walk back inside, and suddenly I hear what is bassy distortion drum. Just amazing voice singing like I can't even I'm like what the fuck is going on in that room <laughs> uh, like that Eric told me it was a two piece Eric told me it was a two piece what I thought I heard was like a four or five piece band going oh, in boy. that other room and I walk in and it's uh, it's 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 Kate Wakefield and Daisy Kaplan mm-hmm. going to fucking town and I, I still to this day, I just couldn't believe. I can't believe what I heard in that so, story. So uh, that the band, band is long, long. They're from they Cincinnati, incredible. Ohio, and they, they were incredible. one of the highlights of Dry Fest. And uh, we really wanted to mention them again because they really blew our socks off. And those guys were so awesome when we talked to them and like chatted and like yeah, they were hanging out all day and like. It, they were a really great uh, find for us for, to add to the bill. Like, I'm I, so happy. That. Oh, my God. And I, then you bought their albums afterward, and you I, listened was, to them all I, the way back to... It's all the way back. Yeah, all yeah. The well, way I back. mean, besides our well, audio books. Yeah, yeah but, right, right, right. but, like, a couple times where it was just like, just holy straight, yeah. shit, like, this so is so good. good. Um, it's really funny, and eventually I found uh, Daisy, the drummer, on mm-hmm. Facebook. And Daisy had a mutual friend of mine who's in the the local music scene back in in West Virginia. No way, that's yeah. hilarious. Like tied him back there. <laughs> it, it just was like a huh. Ohio uh, Valley. Yeah, the yeah, Ohio yeah, Valley. Because that's kinda, exactly where you were. Right? Yeah, it was like huh. So it's it's small world. Small totally, world. totally. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, yeah. Chris from uh, Weirton, West Virginia, which yeah. you've probably never heard of. I don't, I, I don't. I I've never heard of it. I've heard of it, but I mean, you probably never heard of most towns in Montana. So like, motherfucker, I'm cultured. I've, I've heard of <laughs> shit. Motherfucker, I'm cultured. I've heard of shit. All right, fair enough. You've heard of some shit. But I, yeah, I went through Billings before I I got to go there. But was that when you uh, went out to get your car? Yeah, that Seattle? was that was when I, I. You weren't even living in the Northwest yet. No, I was living in in West Virginia, and I I bought a diesel Jetta in Seattle and drove it back home, and it was it was so, a nerve wracking experience. Quick aside, why did you choose to buy a car in Seattle for all purposes when you were living on the fucking East Coast? Okay, so. Back on the East Coast, and a lot of places in the United States that okay. get snow, they treat the roads with salt, which diminishes a vehicle's body rapidly. It causes rust spots on the on the body and the frame. Okay. It does a bunch of fucked up shit. So in the Northwest, where it doesn't really snow that much, they don't use salt on the roads. So cars run... For the life of the engine, not for the life of the body. 
Huh. Okay. I honestly was not aware of that fact. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's exceptions. Like, if you go out to Newport or the coast, there's so much salt in the air from the ocean that it causes rust on uh, vehicles. Interesting. But here in, like, Eugene or even inland in Seattle, like, that wasn't the case. I A car with 100,000 miles, 130,000 miles on it back in West Virginia has rust spots on it. The car I bought in Seattle did not have rust spots on it. That's what I was going for. I, I wanted to – I wanted something that was in incredible condition. And so you have – you don't have that same car though anymore. I don't, but it's still in the family. My, oh, okay. My, my dad still has that vehicle. Oh, okay. okay, um, okay. That it's, makes sense. It's – it, it was something I didn't plan very well for. The The engine itself is is intricate, and sometimes repairs on it are costly. Ah. And I, I didn't pre-plan for that. So, so you bought your Focus in West Virginia before driving out here? Kind of. The Focus was also in the family, and then someone else got the car, and then, I don't know. Family's kind of loose about stuff like it's that. Barely, it's, it's still hanging of, on by a thread? Yeah, the Focus is still going. <laughs> The Ford Focus was oh only supposed to get me to Oregon, and it, that, I've been that here car. For five years. That car is good for in town, but every time you need to go to Portland, I get a text. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, Eric, hey. uh, would you want to take a ride road trip to Portland? I'm like, fuck yeah, that's fine. I'm not going to let you break down your <laughs> shitty car on the highway to Portland. Thank you. Thank you very much. Get stuck fucking near Salem. Oh, oh, I guess God. you go with Popeyes, but that's that's another story. <laughs> At least if I get stuck, I always hope it's on the way back. So whatever I went to Portland for, I accomplished. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Because yeah. you don't want to get stuck in Portland. Either. No, I don't want to get stuck going to Portland either. And we're like kind of missing a connection. I feel something. like I'm kind of the we're kind of those opposite, not opposite, but those people who didn't leave the small rural for like the Portland life. Yeah. Like, we came to the slightly bigger Eugene life, and we're like, fuck Portland. <laughs> fuck living there. I mean, Portland's a cool city, but I don't want to fucking live in Portland. Well, I laugh every time someone calls Eugene a small town. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Well, like, totally. There's so many people I've met who are like, this is tiny. I'm like, this is fucking huge. Are yeah, you kidding me? It's not that small. You guys ever like, been to, yeah, fucking. With Eugene Springfield, it's a quarter of a million people. Yeah, yeah. It's 250,000 people. That's not tiny. No, you know? no. And we have, there's an interstate running through the town, you know. Yeah. Near the town. But anyways, we digress. Eugene, Oregon's a great place. Yes. And this is a, you know, wonderful place that we've, uh settled into but anyways uh we digress back to uh long we were talking about long and dry fest uh and dry fest so dry fest we uh this last year we it was a two-day event friday and saturday in downtown billings across a couple different venues we had a jazz night at thirsty street brewing we had uh music at smiling dog records and the yellowstone art museum and then we had a poetry jam at Craft Local Brewery. And uh, Chris and I, we were able to attend. Uh, we mainly manned the station at Smiling Dog, which is kind of our Dry Fest headquarters, where we kind of checked in bands and uh, uh, sold wristbands and, you know, kind of hung out, smoked cigarettes outside on the sidewalk. Uh yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I smoked a lot of cigarettes on that sidewalk. But we, so we made it, we were at, we went to a few, I manned the station a lot, so you got to see more bands than me, but I got to see, like, the ones that I really wanted to. But we were mainly at Smiling Dog, and then we went to uh, 
the Poetry Jam for a little bit, which was like a fucking crazy thing that uh, event that uh, I've never really like seen before at that magnitude. Like people showing up to see like live poetry and interpretive poetry and like yeah, that was there, it was a packed house. There was at least a hundred or so people there at Craft Local. There was at least a hundred people at Craft Local, and that that was an incredible fucking like for anything like. Any sort of performing art thing would would have would be happy right. would be happy to turn out that crowd. You know, like there's so many, um, there's so many like uh, attempts. I don't know. There's so many times you tr- just the dry fest atmosphere of cycling between venues. Different types of venues and arts. Encouraged arts. that, and it was just fucking awesome. It was so... It, it, it just flowed well, so well together. One thing about, like, and especially, like, poetry and poetry jams, I feel like they're definitely... I mean, as far... I'm not very versed in them, so I've never really been to any besides that, but as far as, like, a popular mainstream thing, they're not really in, like, the cool kids club as far as, like, popular mainstream, like, activities for people to do, to go to see poetry read live. Yeah. And I feel like Dryfest, like, promoted it or, like, harbored it in such a way that it was really, like, because we were also operating It was music. a featured event. Right, it's, right. It's featured next to that, music and comedy. Exactly Which, most that. of the time, it's featured, like, under music and comedy. Or it's, it's, it's like, exactly. just part of an open thing. And I think one of the, the great things here. that our organizers of the Poetry Jam, which is Pete Tolton and uh, Anna Page, uh, is, like really promoting like the experimental and like the out there type stuff like not just like sitting and reading poetry but we had a couple of great like ones like uh, Michael Burdingground who was absolutely phenomenal with his uh, poetry um, but there was like a lot of like interpretive like dance and movement and like ambient noise poetry and like there was so much cool diversity of like spoken word that they really promoted and like tried to cultivate that. I think it made it such a different type of like, like poetry jam event than people, the stereotypical view that people have of it. Yeah. And I think people, a lot of the people that were there were blown away about like the type of entertainment that that can like produce for someone. Yeah. So that, that was really cool. We went for a little bit of that. We didn't stay for too long because we had to get back to the smiling dog, but that was a lot of fun to go kind of and like experience that for a little bit. Yeah, that was that was a great moment of that. Okay, so quick aside. So you're from West Virginia. Yes. You came out to Eugene. Yes. Correct. What is your what are your thoughts? <laughs> Correct. Thank you for stating the <laughs> yeah. obvious. Uh, what are your thoughts of Montana? After taking you through the state and don't feel. I mean, feel free to be as honest it, as you want. Expansive. Yeah. That that's what I would say. That I it's so huge, and that was like when we were driving through. It's just like that's kind of been the case out west, but Montana itself as a state is a good a representation of that. Is that I think about that now, and it's like two hours to Portland, five hours to Seattle, and I've driven to Seattle, and. I think now, if I were back in West Virginia, five hours gets me to Philadelphia. I've never gone to Philadelphia. Whoa. 
See, that's, like, that's like, a crazy, like, like, like six hours. Everything that's a crazy parallel co- to think about. Yeah, right. and, and everything on the East Coast is closer together, and suddenly it's it, it's one of those things I realize how much more ground I've covered out West here. Totally. Especially being out five hours doesn't even get you across the state in Montana. Yeah, if five hours gets you to a different type of landscape in Montana. Right, <laughs> right, right. But, but not like it, you're still in the state of Montana. It's crazy totally. how huge the state is. Uh, Montana's gorgeous. Those, those hills coming through. The the biggest shame was the wildfires happening. It was totally. so smoky and gross in some of those areas. Uh, we had really do you remember smoke. coming on the way back and I got that alert on my phone? Oh, yeah. That About was like evacuating yeah, like, yeah. areas well, south of the Well, it was highway. really smoky when we came in, wasn't it? And then it was clear on the way out in Missoula. Oh, we, we hit patches of it all the yeah. way through. It was uh, Washington was a mess both ways. Oh, Eastern Washington was the worst. That's oh. my least favorite stretch of driving ever. Sorry yeah. for anyone who lives in Eastern Washington, but it but sucks. That was where we discovered audiobooks. And yes. that was the audiobook. Oh, man. Doug Stanhope's book. Uh, the, uh, this is not fame. I recommend it. It's good. I mean, this is a, this is an appendix to our waste books podcast. So I'm going to say, I recommend Doug Stanhope's book. Uh, this is not fame. Is that what you said it was called? Yeah. Fucking amazing. And you should listen to the audio book too, because it's him and his other comedian friends talking and narrating the book. And it's absolutely, it it saved my life in Eastern Washington because like there's just times where the music on the road, no matter how loud and like energetic it is, just drones you out when you're looking at the same landscape for fucking hundreds of miles. And the song is four minutes. Exactly. You know? And it, it, it's gonna, it's gonna leave you. You've only covered so much land after four minutes. Whereas after a thirty-two minute chapter, you've covered so much more. Right. Land. And it engages your mind in like in a different way. Story. You, you yeah. want the next thing, uh, and you're really, ready. You're like, I'm awake. I'm listening to what's going to happen next. Ooh, curve here. Yeah. Curve here. Straight pass, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, that was a good that was a good part. That was a, a good relief to some of that long stretch driving for sure. Um, Back wait, to did you take, wait, wait, did you take another shot? Yeah, I did. Oh, Jesus. Shot. Okay. I, where's the salt? It's salt on the floor. Oh, why is the salt on the floor? That, that's, not the, that's not a place for salt. Just do it. All right, sorry, sorry, folks. But this is this is kind of we're doing a little bit of wasted radio. A throwback to wasted radio. Oh god, I'm so bad with the coordination on this. <clears throat> hey, Eric. Yeah. How many projects do you think we're gonna start that never amount to anything? At least twelve. <laughs> At least twelve. I think that's an underestimate, but. Oh boy, I am not a heavy drinker, so. This is um, yeah, I'm feeling good. But anyways, I I am a heavy drinker, so this is really fun. Okay, to watch Eric get fucking twisted. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm definitely lightweight. Anyways, Uh, back to dry fest. Um, so we were talking about dry fest and all the different events we had. Oh, the first night. Yeah, the first night, which was awesome. Got smiling dog worked all day, like we talked about, and went to the poetry jam bit. And then at the end of the night, which we kind of briefly touched on, I think, earlier. Do we talk about Idaho Green briefly earlier, right? No, no. I, I, we, we were talking about that earlier today. Oh, okay. 
But that was the um, that was how hot it fucking was in there because it was like so the last act of the night, God. which Idaho was Green, classic, incredible. It was the Idaho Green, and I have been telling Chris for the whole trip. There's this band. They they started when I was in high school. Uh, some of my friends, uh, currently, Austin Finn, and Caleb Addy and Jordan Finn, from Billings. All my friends they live out in New York with a couple other musicians, uh, from Brooklyn, and they're doing their thing out there. And they are, uh, so they're this band in high school that started. They uh, would rotate the lineup, except for a couple of them. They would all dress in crazy costumes and then just do these crazy antics on stage, like screaming and like uh, uh, jumping in the drum set and just all the classic, you know, rock star stuff. And man, I gained a little. They gained a little cult following in uh, Billings during our music scene time there, and uh, especially popular at Dry Fest once it kind of became a thing about seven years ago, and uh, I, I remember telling you, like, for weeks, and or maybe even months before, like, there's this band, Idaho Green, and they're gonna play, and your world is going to change. You have no idea. People go insane for this band in this scene. Yeah. Like, and you're like, alright. And, like, you know, when people tell you that, like, you know, they're telling you about hometown bands, you're always skeptical. You're like, okay, you fucking homer. Like, right, right. And, and but I... Like, there's something special about these guys, and I remember, like, I remember seeing, or I remember that, like, in the middle of the set, just, like, seeing, like, we looked at each other and we're just like, oh my god, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. And, you know, and there's, there's probably one of those bands in every scene, you know, that just get, that are just a hometown favorite, that just get the crowd going and people excited. But that's why I was excited. I knew that's what you were explaining to me. I, I knew... I didn't doubt that. I hope you know I, I never doubted that you were... I knew that you were, though, like, okay, you were... But, okay, fair enough. Oh, right, oh, you know what? I'm going to eat my words. I, I, I will say... I over, thought you doubted it. No, I, I didn't. I will say, overall, I did not... I think the turnout to Dryfest overall was just smashed any expectations I had overall. I think by, they smashed my expectations too, honestly. By the end of the night, what I saw in... It was in about Smiley par for the course. Was, no, was was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing to see okay. how many people were packed in, in, in that little fucking place. And uh, what's his, the bear, the guy in the bear costume? Yeah, oh my God. I think is I think there's an Instagram for him called Kenny the Bear. Yeah. That's fucking I don't great. actually know who it is personally. I think some people. I was walking down the street talking too. to him. I took some pictures of him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a great. That first night really kind of set the tone for the festival, man. That was. Except that we starved ourselves. Except that we starved ourselves. That's yeah, right. That was, like we, no food we, we all didn't fucking eat. day. That was, that was a Because we got to my house, went right over and started work, and like went right over to Smiling Dog and. We're like, oh, we'll get food later, and then, like, at 3 a.m., we're eating frozen food at my parents' house. Just grubbing. And just watching movies and, like, grubbing on frozen food in the f- convection oven. Next day, I wake up, I start having coffee with your mom. <laughs> That's and right. And just, just talking about I remember waking news. up and, like, coming down the stairs and be like, is Chris up? Oh, God, is he with my mom? And then you guys were just, like, having a grand old time, and I was like... What the fuck? All right, okay. I guess they're best friends now. Eric, I'm great with moms. 
Oh, are you? I, I, I really am great with moths. Right. Like, I, I can... What does that I, mean? I, I'm just saying. <laughs> what? I, I, can si- I can sit and have the cup of coffee and, uh, yeah. No, she she loved you. Yeah. Afterwards, she's like, I love Chris. I can see why Miko loves him. <laughs> Miko's my dog, by the way, and Chris babysits him and we're gone. Yeah. But... Yeah, that was that, a, was, that was, was great. That made it, that made the experience really like, good. That yeah. was uh, especially when we made steaks with her on the Saturday afterward. Yeah, that was fun. So, she was uh, just very taken aback that I was grilling in her house. Right, because the uh, the men in her life do not grill. She is the grill master at her house. So when you when you just took charge, she was like, "There's a man grilling in my house. <laughs> this is it, right?" That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um Oh, Jinx. Jinx. You know me. Mountain Dew. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. But yeah, so there's always a tradition of Dry Fest. Uh, every year, it's like the second day. It used, I think a couple times it was the third day. There was three days of Dry Fest a couple times. Uh, you know, there's no one to correct me if I'm wrong. But anyways, uh, on the second day of Dry Fest, before the events of the next one, they there's always a kickball game in Potluck. Yeah. At one of the parks in Billings. And we did not go to that this year. Uh, we ditched out, despite uh, the grumblings of one Philip Griffin, uh, editor of Voice Division and organizer of Julie Julie's Dreyfus, uh, because it was fucking 104 fucking degrees, and we were worn out from staying up till 3 in the morning eating frozen food at my house, <laughs> that we were like, fuck that, we're going to stay and make some steaks with my mom and watch Baby Driver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think it honestly saved us for the next night because then we were able to stay up all night. Yes, and that, that was good, and we, we enjoyed ourselves the second night too. The second day was um, was the corn dog experience, which I... Corn dog experience? The corn, corn. Oh, oh, God. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I wrote. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, it's a yeah the, the, the corn dog experience. Were they the second day? I think they were. Yeah, they were early in the second day. Okay, okay. And they were. Okay, so. Corn dog, legendary band. Improv. Eric Olson and Keller Paulson, great musicians in uh, Billings, Montana, also play for the Hell Roaring and play with Parker Brown all the time. Uh,. They, uh, for Dry Fest, created a two-piece band called Corn Dog. didn't rehearse and just decided to improv it, and it was amazing. It, it was, was so, so good. Fun. It uh, was so much one fun. One of our other uh, waste friends and uh, Billings musicians, Grant Jones, at one point was holding up his phone with a picture of a corn dog. Was, it, was he <laughs> chanting too, corn dog? Or, no, no, they were having us chant, and he was yeah. holding up a picture of a corn dog like on his phone. Oh, man, it was epic. When I say corn, you yes, say that's dog. Right. Yes, Dude. corn, dog. But it was, that was one of my favorite performances, too. Like, that was so those guys fun. are such talented fucking musicians, though, that they could just get on and improv and be fine. Like, they were, it didn't even matter. Like they like they didn't need to rehearse anything because they've played together so many times. I'm sure. I know who was the keyboardist. I can't. Eric Olson. Eric, Eric was just like calling out, "Give me a key." <laughs> <laughs> it was just great. They also yeah, uh, we also ran into them later that night. I remember at the comedy jam. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was good. Okay, all right. About to take another shot here. We took a brief break, so if there's a weird 
uh, pause in audio. That's because uh, we stopped it to take a quick break. Uh, but we're back. Take another shot for uh, Wasted Radio. And it's, uh, I figured out it's actually uh, lime salt tequila. No. No. Oh, it's not that. Okay. No. Oh, shit. It's salt shot lime. Yep, just like I said. Yeah. Anyways, getting back to uh, what we were talking about, Comedy Jam is kind of what we were leading into. So that was another real cool event at the uh, Dry Fest this year, uh, which we've done the last couple of years, is where we uh, had some of our local uh, comedians in around the Billings and other areas around Montana uh, kind of do a comedy jam. And I, a, I love comedy. I fucking love comedy. Well, that's the thing before we get too into it is out here in Eugene, like... Since I moved out here, we've been to, what, three comedy shows, stand-up comedy shows of, like, big comedians? Yeah. And that's, like, something that doesn't happen as often in Montana. And so, like, since coming out here, we kind of connected over comedy and then, like, the fact that we get live stand-up big comedians here in town has yeah. been, like, a game-changer. We yeah. got to see Tom Segura and Hannibal Burris. Tom Segura twice. Yeah. And then Hannibal Burris. Oh, man. That, that was something that was such a big thing in my life that I had never seen before. That was so cool that we get out here in, you know, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. You know, Montana's a much harder market for that kind of stuff. Uh, less people get, you know, during the winter, it's really hard to travel by road through there. But Billings turned out for the comedy. Oh, totally. The, that the was, comedy fest was awesome. We had uh, so really great local musician. <laughs> so local musician, God, my intoxication is showing. Oh, yeah, sorry. Anyways, that ambient noise was uh, me messing around with stuff. Anyways, uh, Will Thomas, who's a great young comedian in Billings, uh, he basically kind of was uh, the curator of our comedy jam this uh, last year at Dry Fest and. Uh, Will's fucking awesome. Oh, he's great. He's real super... <laughs> Sorry! He's real... Uh, he's a great, upbeat, perky style and very nerdy and uh, in tune with a lot of pop culture. And he's just, like, super funny, super personable. And he set up, like, all the comedians and uh, helped us set up the venue. And so the second night of Dry Fest, kind of backtrack a bit, we went to Smiling Dog for most of the day. Yeah. And uh, got to see some cool bands. Yeah. And then we realized near the time of the comedy jam, there was no one over there. You remember that? Yeah. And there was no one taking tickets or no one at the door. Yeah, so, so we, we actually were, had to go work. So we were like, okay, we had to have one of our volunteers take over at Smiling Dog for the rest of the night, which they were super awesome about. And, yeah. Uh, I think his name was Jacob. I yes, don't know his last name. Jacob. But yeah. he, he, anyways, he was great. And he, uh, he took over. And I remember we had to run to the comedy jam, be like, to take over the uh, front door to start, like, taking tickets and stuff. Yeah. Because there's nobody there. But, you know, so it goes with uh, DIY-type festivals. Yeah. But once we got there, we, like, started taking tickets. And, like, there was, a, like, a fair amount of people that actually were there uh, for a local comedy event. Which, yes. Like, it was awesome. I mean, from your experience, you've, you've gone to local stand-up, like, open mics here in Eugene. And, then like... 
it's always pretty. It's it's hit or miss. Yeah, like, I, and it's it's not to the fault of the performers. It's just sometimes there's are not people turning out. And uh, once again, I'll credit the the Dreyfus idea of multiple venues of of totally. being able to buy a wristband here or there and get in at the comedy thing. People were coming to see the performing arts, and uh-huh. that was fucking awesome. Like it was, it was so. I've heard, I've heard Tom Segura talk about it. Whereas it, with with comedy, people have to be there to watch comedy. It's hard when comedy is tucked away in a corner of a bar, and seven totally. out of, seven out of twenty people are paying attention to it. It doesn't work like when 30 out of 30 people are paying attention to it. Or at the Dry Fest experience, I would say in that little, in that theater spot. Uh, It was an art house cinema and pub. So it's this, uh, it's this kind of boutique, uh, what's called movie theater in downtown Billings that have a bar, but they also serve like concessions and popcorn and other stuff. And they, do movies on projectors and like old school kind of movie seats. Yeah, it's I, I that place was filled. I think there was probably more like forty or fifty people there. Totally, yeah. which is like was way like I think was a, a really good turnout for what we were expecting for a local comedy. Yes, especially the end of the night kind of kind of event for it was it was literally like it was the a last, late night, wasn't it? Like starting yeah, like 10? It, was, it was the last dry fest event uh-huh. really going on. There was bands playing at Smiling Dog till like eleven, but the comedy thing went on till like eleven thirty. Well, no, it went on to almost. Didn't it go past midnight? It might have went past midnight. Yeah, it went pretty late. It went at least close to midnight, I think. To be fair, I was kind of drunk the second day. I was yeah, drinking. I remember. As, okay, so. I remember sitting at the booth, taking tickets, and you running out to my car parked right outside and, like, taking pulls from a bottle of whiskey, was it? I don't know what it was. I remember yeah, a bottle yeah, there sure. and some beer, and you just were, like, kept going back out there and were just taking pulls and, like, fucking just drinking. And you come back and be, like, a little more drunk and be like, oh. Yeah, but yeah. It was great, though. It was an awesome time. And we'd pop in, watch some comedy, uh-huh. pop out, make sure. And But it was like, I swear, once the show started, there wasn't even that many people who, like, wandered in. We barely really had to be that attentive to the door. Totally. Like, it was it was so set up. It was great. I There was a comic there that night, and she was fucking great. Crystal Kuzma. Oh, yeah. She was one of the best there. I was sure. literally one of my favorites that night. She was fucking awesome. I added her on Facebook. She posted yeah. funny shit and fucking totally. great shit. And there, there's a Will. I added Will on Facebook, yeah, too. Yeah, we have Will. Oh, man, he's great. He's uh, such a funny personality. Uh, oh, I remember also Kyle Coolseth was one of my favorites. He, uh... He's really funny, off the wall kind of humor, and I follow his Facebook, and it's like some of the stuff he posts is so absurdly funny. It tickles my fancy. So yeah, there was yeah. like we we met a lot of great comedians and like funny people, and like uh, there was another guy if you remember, his name's Gary Busby. And yeah, yeah, he's yes. a UPS driver. Yeah, 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 he was great. Yeah, he and was I follow awesome. him now too, and he's so funny, and like it's it's uh it's great getting to. It was a great way to connect with, like, people of a different type of art form in the community that you're not used to. Yeah, and from different walks of everything. And and whereas a lot of those comedy things, it seems like 
Like Especially, the open mics. It, well, or, yeah, the, the local scene stuff. You might get a couple of them together here and there, but that seemed to be, like, a hub uh-huh. for that sort of connection. You yeah, know, it was really interesting how, like, with that and the Poetry Jam, how we promoted the events as, like, premier events in themselves that are, like, equals to the music that more people were interested to go yeah. and, like, engage in that. Like, people who maybe had, like, even just a slight interest in poetry or comedy to be like, hey, that kind of sounds like a cool, like, I have nothing going on that weekend. I might as well go check it out. Right. And, and, and like you were saying, the wristbands, which was a good idea, because there was a bunch of people who showed up near the end of the comedy thing, like, for the last few comedians who, like, had bought wristbands from the music and were coming to check out the end of the comedy. Yeah. It just, it really, it really just blew my mind how well all that just flowed together throughout the two days. The wristband admissions and things like that. It's just fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, I think that, uh, that definitely was a a great experience for us again to go to that. Because, like I said, like the first year that we had started doing it on Waste Division, waste division.org, uh, I didn't get to go to the festival, so I didn't get to kind of see the fruition of my labor. And yeah. this year, like, I, I again, took, you know, responsibility of doing all the interviews and, like, or, like, publishing all the interviews. We had a bunch of great interviewers do all of our interviews. And uh, you did one, didn't you? I think I did two. Yeah, that's two right. Yeah, three, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Chris has been involved with Waste Division and Dry Fest on the publishing end, too, doing a couple of interviews. Who did you do again? Uh, Goners. You Goners UK. And uh, we sent one out that else. didn't get published, though, right? Yeah, I think. But you know that, that happens. Yeah, some yeah. bands can't get back to us. But uh, yeah, so where was I going with that? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, but we ha- uh, had you were involved beforehand, and uh, it was such a great. It was. It was cool to see that uh, a physical embodiment of all of that. Come exactly. Together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, you know, right, that's where I was going at, yeah. Like, I, I had done all the stuff on the website, and I actually got to go back this year and, like, experience it. Yeah. And, like, I'm glad that I got to take you, someone who appreciates art and live music like that. Well, and it combined a lot of things. I, I want to travel. And comedy. I want to see. Travel. I want to I wanna, I wanna see everything. I want to go to cool fucking places in Missoula. Totally. Things were cool, and I love comedy, and I love, I love just seeing those things and... To be and also to be able to see you enjoy the enjoy what you had created because there was a certain degree just to me I was surprised at what you had created I couldn't believe the the out how Billing showed out that that's how I will how Billing shows out for Dry Fest is crazy mm-hmm. and, and it's it's and something a, I did to not a, expect an extent Montana too because there was a lot of. We have a Missoula crew, for sure, that we made friends with. Yeah. Uh, from college, from Idaho Green, and what, you know, other incarnations of our friends' bands that oh, that always show up for Dry Fest, too. So it's nice that, like, the people across the state that we've made connections with like to come experience this with us in Billings every year. Yeah. And, and it's something that I hope we, you know, continue... We're going to go again, we plan on this year. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to plan on taking our friend Scott, who also used to work with us at uh, MRH. Yes. Uh, and uh, I think he would love it, too. Yeah. That'd be a fun road trip. Yeah. Yeah, so Dry Fest, you know, 2019. It's going to be fucking yeah. sick. Dry Fest 7. But, but, 
But the biggest thing that happened out of Dry Fest okay. to me was Lay it on me. Was you getting that drum kit. Oh yes. Okay. Quick shout out to Daniel Nichols, who lives in Bangkok, Thailand. He's an editor of Waste Books. And um uh host one of the hosts of Waste Books podcasts. Or wait, did I say editor of Waste Books? I don't know what you said. Anyways, editor of Waste one of the editors of Waste Division, one of our contributors and also a uh you know, founding member and also a host of Waste Books podcast. He lives uh, all the way over in uh, Southeast Asia, doing his thing teaching English. Uh, so Daniel, I'll give a little backstory, I guess. So basically, growing up, Daniel and I have known each other since we were like five years old, neighborhood friends. When we uh, got older with our with his brother Brian and our friend Ben Webster, we created a, our own little band because we all loved music growing up for so long. And I learned a guitar, and so did Ben. And uh, Daniel was our drummer. And so, what was the name? <laughs> so when we got into high school, we created a band. Okay, so I'll go back even further. First of all, it was Ben Webster and the Descendants of Rock. And that was me, Ben, and Daniel. It was our okay. first band. And uh, it was us jamming in 7th and 8th grade in his, in his basement uh, in Park Hill Avenue uh, in Billings, Montana. And so that led to us later in high school like wanting to create our own band because we ended up accruing like instruments and amps and we were just really into that idea. Yeah. And so uh, we created a band with me, Daniel, Ben... And uh, eventually, Brian, who's Daniel's little brother, who's now a Navy pilot, who was on the last episode of uh, Waste Books Appendix, and uh, we uh, called ourselves 30 State Bummers, or the Bummers is what everyone called us. It was uh, basically one day my friend Ben had a book, it was a poetry book by Allen Ginsberg. Do you know who Allen Ginsberg yes. is? Yeah, he's a beat, beat era poet from like the 60s. And 70s, like late 50s through 70s. Um, and we just like, we're like, all right, we're going to flip through this. And the first thing we see is going to be our band name. And that was literally the first thing we saw. And it was some weird political poem about Vietnam. But we kind of liked the name. We're like, okay, 30 State Bummers. That kind of sounds cool. And so we picked that. And so we were in a band together. And uh, we were all the way through high school. And then we moved to college. And then eventually when Dan moved to Thailand, his drum set sat dormant in his parents' house. Harlan and Colleen Nichols, who are very dear people to me. And so I thought to myself, I'm living in Eugene now. Dan's living in Thailand. He's not using that fucking drum set. And I, so through us jamming for so long, like we used to just go to Ben's or Daniel's house and like plug in and play. I decided to teach myself drums because I was like, I want to learn how to drums. And Ben also had a drum set because he played drums in the pep band for his Catholic high school that he went to. And so I would just sit and play drums and while Ben would play guitar and just try to teach myself and have him teach me and to the point where I was, like, fairly proficient. And so my thought to myself in this last year when Dryfest came about was, well, there's this drum set just sitting in Daniel's house, parents' house. They're not using it. For God's sakes, Harlan is just taking up space for him. He probably wants to get the fuck rid of it. And so I was like, why don't I just take it home, pick the drums back up, and start some, like, uh, jamming? Because we, you and I, Chris, had started playing acoustic guitars together. Yeah. Like and I had my electric guitar and a little amp. Yeah. 
And we had, we were and so we kind of came up with this like little scheme I would call it yeah to kind of get this drum set and kind of start our own little like uh, live music jamming yeah just because you know so it's a it's a good hobby you know playing music and like just kind of being creative in general well and I you you have opened me up so much musically just with two acoustic guitars just me and you playing around with acoustic guitars totally so, like it. There's obviously we we have some sort of chemistry. Oh yeah, so it's a, like I don't know what that well, is. I, I Neither of us are formally trained in any way. But no, no, no. And like I think a lot of that stems from our like similarity in music tastes and like the yeah the, the way we think about things creatively. Yeah, we just tend to like we can kind of hear things between Similar. each other. Yeah, and and know how to like proceed with each other and kind of take cues from each other unspoken cues so i remember thinking when you were talking about that drum set when you had when you had thought about that drum set that like i was like okay if he ends up with that drum set i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna actually get a little more serious about what i'm playing with guitar wise totally what i'm gonna get into and is that around the time you brought the your acoustic yamaha no, no, no. I, I, I had the acoustic Yamaha way before. Like because okay. we, we that's were, when we first started jamming yeah. acoustics. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Just so we could uh, each have a guitar. Oh, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> Beer burp. Beer burp. Um, Wasted radio. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I digress. Uh, the you got the drum set. We started jamming a bit with the with your little amp. And the the strat you had, and I was like, we we need more power behind the guitar. Totally. We, uh, and uh, quick aside, this is an amp that I stole from Philip Griffin, who is also a co-editor of Waste Division and organizer of DryFest. And uh, he gave it to me and told me that I had to pay him at some point, and I never paid him. And so this is me telling him that I never paid him for that amp, and now someone else has it. So, anyways, anyways, um. Yeah, uh, we we started amassing equipment, and now now we're now we're now we're totally actually like I would say that Dryfest definitely sparked this kind of we were already on the path because I was going to get that drum set either way. When yeah, I went to Dryfest. That was always the plan. Yeah, but I think going to Dryfest like totally sparked our our drive to, like, just make music create. together. Yeah. To just create. Like, not and, not and, even necessarily... And we're not sitting here trying to, like, promote our band or anything, because we don't really, like... We, we have a, I don't, a don't band in quotes. I don't, I'm but, not, I don't even want to call it a band, Eric. Exactly. I don't even want to call you. it a band. Fuck, a, fuck me for even calling it a band. I just want to call it a, a thing we do in the garage. That's perfect. Yeah. So I what I would say, then, is that Dryfest sparked this desire for us to create seeing all this live music yes. live art whether it be the uh live music from lung and corndog and idaho green and in rapture and like all these yeah. great bands also visual art from natalie myers and jackson davis yeah. and uh you know uh poetry from michael Burdenground. Uh, I wish I could name more poets, I'm sorry. A.J. Williams was another one. And also comedy from Will Thomas, Crystal Kuzman, Kyle Coolseth. All these great local talents. Like, it's so... We com- we combined all these arts together. 
and for this one festival, and I feel like for us personally, it really like resonated with us afterward. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, and like this is something that I've always tried to be around growing up in the art scene around Billings, and like the, going back to this and seeing something come together like this really like kind of gave me optimism for being creative just in our own time, even with even if it doesn't have any monetary value to it. Re- reflecting on that experience with you on the rims in Billings. Oh, that's another thing. Literally was that like, Friday or was that Saturday night? That was the, that was after the second night. Oh, was so after everything. So after Saturday night, we drove to the rims and Billings. Uh, the Rim Rocks, as they're called, there's the cliffs at the north end of Billings, which near my own uh, home address. Uh, there's a bunch of pullout spaces on the highway up there where you can just park, make out, drink, smoke, do whatever the fuck you want, basically. I've, I've done a multitude of things up there. Uh, we decided to go up there, view the city, because you can view the whole main area of Billings, besides the heights, which doesn't matter. And we made out. <laughs> <laughs> Editor Mark that we did not make out. Uh, no, so... We, we got up there and we had a joint and we I remember sitting up there and we're like we're gonna fucking smoke a joint on the rims after the successful dry fest festival event and we sat there and like viewed the city lights from below and like it was a clear sky out smoked this joint it was a little bit windy but I was, that was the moment that was like the moments I wanna be at uh-huh. be in in a city taking it a moment and it was after a great two day festival and it was fucking just that moment oh, oh man it's so good it was such a it was a it was a great moment to reflect and on everything that we had achieved yeah like there, there were so many people who put an effort to that festival like just so dozens of people yeah. like even you had put in like we had said uh interview work on a couple bands. Yeah. Which I'm super grateful for. Which is awesome. Yeah. Which I hope you will do again this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. You, so yeah. Off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That was a great moment. But I don't know where you were saying before that. I just I just went on that side. No, no. I was I was just I was just gushing about that moment on the Yeah, race. yeah. It was it was, it was a, a great, great moment. moment. It was a good moment. And it was one that like I'm, I'm happy our paths have crossed. I'm happy. Absolutely. I'm I'm happy that you have, uh, opened me up musically and creatively. I, I, I can't explain my gratitude for that. It's, it's something that like, I, I've always wanted to pursue and there's been people around me that I've always, always wished I could grow like that with and I was never able to. And I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad that I was able to finally find someone like totally. that in my life. So yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude! It's been great. Yeah. So I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't know how long we've been going. We've been going for a while. It's already. Yeah. Oh fuck! It's almost midnight. Is that? Um, God, we've been going for a while. I think. Oh man. Well, I think. Uh, yeah, we're we've we've gone pretty good on time. Yeah. Let's I mean, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. We uh I wanna finish getting drunk. Yeah. We should definitely I can't believe we actually made it through this like pretty coherently without 
I'm a lightweight as fuck. We'll let Phil be the judge of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he is the final decider, and that's don't, fine. Don't listen to any of this and just say <laughs> it to him. Nah, we should probably listen to him. No. <laughs> no, not at all. All right, well, uh, it's been good. We're going to keep fucking drinking, and uh, we hope all you little wastelings out there uh, have a good time. All right, well, Chris, let's say bye. 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 And so concludes your Waste Division approved programming. Thanks for tuning in. All right, Wasteoids, be on the lookout for more Waste Books podcast action, whether it be our normal book club podcast or another one of these appendix episodes. Um, we're going to leave you here with some tunes from one of the rad bands that we talked about at Drive Fest. Two-piece from Ohio, Lung, Cello and Drum Set, killer live act, and the, some of the nicest people we've ever met. So, uh... Waste on.